Oh, shit. All right. Hello. Welcome to the Roleplaying Exchange Patreon special. Yeah, we're trying out some new stuff here. So, Oh, we're just going then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're just going. Oh, it's just called a hard transition, okay? It's just boom, we're here. So, Jesus. <laughs> we started this humble podcast about two years ago. A little over it's, that. It's it, been longer than that. It, it, it has been longer than that. But I don't want to admit my age, you know. But at this point, we're about to that point where we're going to come to you with our hat in our hands going, please, sir, could you spare some more? Kind of you literally have accent someone more. with a okay. British you, you accent. British accent. I, I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> I see. I'm, not, I'm no longer needed. <laughs> <laughs> you literally could have asked him to do it. <laughs> please, sir, could I have some more? More? <laughs> In any school uh, dramatics of uh, Oliver Twist, I was the more guy. The more? <laughs> nice. Very, yeah. very yeah. niche market. Patrick's a real character actor. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is Patreon, or Behind the Wall Patreon. That's what we're going to be calling this. And the first one's free, like any good drug dealer, and the rest of them. If you could kindly donate to our Patreon, we would be happy to share these wild and wacky antics with you. So... <laughs> We're figuring this out as we go. Just like <laughs> everything else. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want the to... way of saying that is to say, like, we're going to go with a more free form, like, off the top of our dome thing, not like, yeah, we're doing some shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is verbal jazz. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we, have, awesome. we have some general talking points, but not like a structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the way I... I've envisioned this for the past couple of months. This has been mulling about in my head. Is I'd like to structure this as more of a group of friends sitting down and you know having a few drinks possibly and just relaxing and shooting the bull kind of deal. So this is what would happen before a role playing game of ours stop, starts kind of deal. So I tell you what, the first thing I want to talk about since we're an RPG podcast and I just got an email today from Gen Con telling me that if you wanted a four-day pass, you better be getting a move on because those are almost sold out already. Yeah, they're so, like 90% now, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So, it's one can see record attendance, by the way, at Origins this year. It's This is, uh, nerd culture is definitely on the rise. Uh, we have comic book superhero movies, uh, a renewed interest in tabletop and board games. Uh, any other kind of markers? Doctor Who? I mean, the uh, well, <laughs> I, I, the, one, the one I like is that uh, at Gen Con, the the LARPing space is 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 the football stadium. Like the nerds haven't just won; they've gone into the enemy temple and torn down the idols. They're they're chasing out money lenders with whips. <laughs> wrong thing. Wrong thing. Um, yeah (laughs) all right so before we get too blasphemous here i would i would like to kind of say it's it is super amazing that that's happening yeah we're literally in a football stadium arena uh battlegrounds uh, as uh patrick (laughs) mentioned a moment ago and in fact in fact uh, the members of this podcast are going to be taking part in the Red Markets 10K, 10K a Living Campaign panel at Gen Con. So some of us are actually going to possibly be in the football 
place of worship doing, you know, nerd stuff, and it's great. Yeah, like semi-professional, like, like what? <laughs> so, the football cathedral, apparently. Like, <laughs> Alright, I got a confession for you. I really don't know football too well. I understand the basic rules. Oh, really? That's <laughs> yeah. not... John Lappin is a sports guy, right? Because I, I just want to think of a, a good sports person so that I can call him the sports pope. <laughs> <laughs> So why don't we do this? Why we? What is a nerd now, and compared to what is a nerd then? Let's kind of start this conversation right now. So suggestions? Well, like the thing about nerd culture is that it, it it's sort of in the second, in some cases even the third generation. Like I would say, like I'm less of a nerd than my dad, uh, but he's like he's like very specific. I, I was raised by a family that read sci-fi and and fantasy. Mm-hmm. And, and went to cons. I went to my first con when I was like ten. You know, I was and and you know and now I'm old enough to theoretically, with some genetic accident, have a child. Um, so like it wouldn't be that long until I would be a weird dad. So I, I think there's like generational stuff, but I'm definitely I think a lot more open and catered to than my dad would have been. Like he he's been a Terry Pratchett fan for like thirty years, and they didn't start getting like TV shows until ten years ago. But now we have stuff that's like, you know, comic books that are getting movie deals before the first print issue run is done kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like nerd culture one, I guess, is is an easy way of saying it. Like it's it's just so mainstream now. It is. I, I don't even think nerd is necessarily a stigma the way it was like 20, 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. And it's it's just such a it's 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 been commodified. I think is is another thing. Like yeah. you, it's you the part where we turn the, part the Patreon into a critique of late state capitalism. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you I mean, it like your money now have some Marxism. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Star Wars is like this super huge thing, and it's always been a huge thing. It's like the first like real blockbuster movie. But it's also been like this nerd thing, air quotes. Yeah. But it makes money hand over fist over like anything. So and like the MCU and all that stuff is is the literally like record breaking more than like a nation's GDP worth of money <laughs> and like the opening weekend. It's ridiculous. So like I don't think like now, unless you're getting into like super super niche, like out of the mainstream thing, like nerd culture isn't really a thing anymore. I think a lot of people call it that just because that's what it's been called for a while, but it's it's not really as big of a thing anymore. It's just oh, this is just stuff that like people like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, geek is the new normal. Yeah, 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 and so maybe the the definition of you know nerd has changed whereas before nerd implied a very niche kind of you know most people don't don't read this genre of book most people don't you know go to conventions and ask you know the writers about episodes of star trek but now you can just tweet at the writers (laughs) yeah and you you can go ahead uh, i was just saying you can you can tweet at them you can harass them um 
because there's a bunch of negative stuff that comes along with it. But like nerd nowadays just kind of means somebody who consumes like consumes pop culture. Yeah. That's like that's what it really kind of comes off to me if I'm thinking about it. And you can like now nerds can coexist with people who like sports because the people who like sports, you know, I'm sure there were always some that were like secretly into this kind of stuff. But now they don't have to hide it anymore. They can be like, yeah, I totally saw that superhero movie. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people who are really into sports who are also massive, you know, I guess instead of nerds, they'll say consumers of, you know, certain cultures, you know, like they play video games and play D and D and all this kind of stuff. That's traditionally nerdy, but also huge Patriots fans or, Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's called fantasy football. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) And like, like I would say that like taking, putting on my, my dry academic hat, that a lot of these distinctions have always been arbitrary i mean if you look at the distinction between like literature and say genre fiction and just just writing mm-hmm. you know you'd, you'd you'd be hard pressed to find like a literary critic who would call a fantasy novel like high art or whatever but they would call shakespeare like great literature and that dude wrote about wizards he wrote about <laughs> ghosts mm-hmm. you know very true <laughs> the tempest yeah. is like yeah you know dickens wrote ghost stories you know and it's, it's just this this lens of time and acceptability in the case of literature like academic acceptability more than particularly yeah. mainstream uh, mm-hmm. so I, I think that could be a a parallel we might be able to draw if we're if we're doing debate See, I as i look at this man i really have a hard time picking when this became like mainstream i'm <coughs> excuse me i'm thinking back to you know growing up in the uh, 80s and 90s and there you know there wasn't people that were in school when i was in school there that collected comic books there was none of them i could walk up to and ask you know do you have a new episode a new uh, issue of savage dragon which was what i really liked when i was in high school oh, oh my god. god sorry it was image <laughs> don't judge me Oz. <laughs> Also like corn, but um, <laughs> I mean we have a lot of it here, so <laughs> very true. There, you know, it. I didn't have that. Like there was no one playing Magic the Gathering. I, you know, D and D was something that I. I had a friend who was interested in this, and like he, we played the Batman role playing game. Which, if you go back to episode one of RPX, there, there you go. We're tying it all back together. But I didn't have people to play role playing games with and stuff like that. And now a days, like I can tell you, two years ago, I had a bunch of aides. I'm gonna put quotation marks around it. Aides. It was more or less there were students they didn't have a place for them, and they were my helpers in a classroom and they would sit in the corner of the room and play Dungeons and Dragons. No shit. While I was doing computer science. I mean, they weren't bothering anybody. If they, if I needed them, they were there, but that just blows my mind. And there's, I, as a teacher, I hear about kids playing Dungeons and Dragons and Lord knows I see them playing magic together and stuff like that all the time. And people walking around dressed like Spider-Man. Um, I just, I can't pinpoint when it, I know it was a slow ebb, of, of you know, it was slowly ebbing away, but I can't pinpoint the exact moment where I realized that nerd culture had assimilated pop culture. I feel like like back when um, like the first Spider-Man and X-Men movies came out, mm. really I a, feel like a it, big 
interesting point there. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely a, a big point. I think the first like real like big step was probably the first Tim Burton Batman movie. Yeah, yeah. I think that was like the first big thing, and like all that it brought with it was the like that first really heavy footstep. Maybe even like the 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 Reeves Superman yeah. movie. I was going to say they kind of, I mean, they were around, you know, decades before the, the Burton Batmans. Mm-hmm. And then you could even say that that stuff there is also probably piggybacking off of the original Star Wars trilogy as well. It just, I guess, would you say maybe a slow buildup of a fan base that just kept diving out to broader and broader topics, maybe? Not to interrupt you. And of course, the Reeves Superman, though, did have the benefit of like radio specials and stuff being a part of that's true public consciousness and that kind of thing. So hmm. Batman had the TV show, you know, it had Adam West. Yeah. Yeah. But it was also more of a, a camp kind of psychedelic thing. Oh, definitely. That, that wasn't, I don't, I don't see a lot of people or a lot of stories of people back then, like being really into it. Like people were into it, obviously, yeah. but like, I don't hear a lot of like sci sci fi convention stories with like Adam West and like you yeah. know sixty seven or whatever. Um yeah, like I feel I, I remember being extremely excited as a kid for the first X Men movie. Mm-hmm. Um because I was young and stupid and didn't know that it looked terrible. But um like that, that definitely wasn't the first superhero movie. Like I think Spawn had come out by that point, and it had you know, uh, uh, Spawn, uh, Blade. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Blade. I think was was potentially one of them. I think it was definitely the first superhero movie I saw. And I saw that way too young. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, I, I, I admit I had a very different child. Like to, to me, nerdy nerdy was normal. So I guess mm-hmm. maybe I'm, I'm slightly. Even too young, sorry, Adam. To yeah. um, like, I, I I perceive the change just sort of at the tail end. Like, you know, my dad and I played one of 40k to, as a bonding thing. Yeah, you know, that, that was sort of the, the, the household dynamic. Um, so yeah, the, the but then I think you can also get into we talked about how there's like different tiers of or, or, or subcategories. I'm going to phrase it of nerdiness. Like, I read comics. My dad didn't. He read a lot of Discord. I'm not super into it. Um, Oh, and now I'm rejoined. And then hey, yeah, can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. And then, like okay. for a long time, um, like I was going like, "Oh, well, I'm a nerd, but I'm don't I don't play D and D." And then I got into D and D, and I was like, "Well, I'm into D and D. Well, I'm into role playing games, but I'm not into laughing." Um, yeah. So we we sort of had this. I guess I kind of taught myself into nerdery by by this. Like I'm this bad, but I'm not this bad. Uh, you know, I I, I can play minis, but not do RPGs. I can do RPGs, but not a lot. And I still, I guess, kind of have some of that. I, I still feel a little mm, about, like, dressing up as a character or running into a field and, and whopping each other with, with foam sticks, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all have our limits. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, maybe we should rephrase this. It's like, when did you when did you decide that, or when did you discover that you were a nerd yourself, possibly? Maybe kind of be reflective of it um probably like 1998 because that's when like pokemon and stuff came out over here and like yeah i was i would have been like 10 or 11 and that's like 
I, I think I knew like immediately that I would be like a nerd kid because I was super into like video games and like all these different cartoons and all this other stuff. Like I was just like obsessed with it. So, and you know, I grew up in a household where I don't think it's not nearly as serious as say like Patrick's family, but my dad did have a three VHS box set of THX 113 Blade Runner, the director's cut and outland on the shelf. So there's definitely like some strong, like sci-fi influence that's been in my life so yeah yeah I, th- I think that's like right around like 98 99 is probably when i kind of realized hey i'm a, a nerdy kid i was working at a call center by then <laughs> yeah a sexy call center <laughs> uh for mci worldcom when it was a company <laughs> so yes <laughs> yes adam worked a 1-900 number <laughs> look there are dudes who would pay good money for that accent. You reached a hot hillbilly hotline. <laughs> God. If you'd like We're me to go yonder, please press one. <laughs> I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll go ahead and jump on this grenade next. Um, I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. I never really saw myself as that just because I'm thinking back to a conversation that I heard in a conversation of, of uh, Caleb Stokes talking about something he heard David Wong say with John Cheese about growing up in rural Illinois. I believe that's where Wong's from. But, I mean, it was just like, are you a Ford man? Are you a Chevy man? Are you a Dodge man? That was kind of the bullshit that I grew up with. Not in my household, my family. No, that wasn't their thing. But just in school, that was, you're pretty much, the things that stick out to me is like, you were either, you like this kind of truck. And I don't give a shit if you were in like, fucking middle school and driving was like way, way, way in the distance. That was like how people identified themselves. And I liked watch the original Lord of the Rings Hobbit, like animated trilogy that came out. I don't know if they were, I don't think they're all by the same company, but there was, I know there was a Hobbit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I liked those. I liked um, army of darkness. I liked a lot of this sci-fi kind of stuff like that, but I didn't really pick up. To, I, I went into music instead and thought I was going to be like the next Kurt Cobain kind of deal, playing in bands and stuff like that. And I didn't really start <laughs> getting into Dungeons and Dragons or stuff like that till I was, I think, I think I played my first D&D game when I was 17, maybe. I had a... Well, well, well Adam, I'm just, I'm glad to say that you didn't go down the Kurt Cobain route. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, I didn't. I I didn't marry a crackhead. <laughs> but hey, that crackhead was in hole. Thank you. <laughs> Just kidding. And Nobody I do, I do like Bob. Oh, it's a good song. But I mean, that's it. Was always something that was so far removed until the internet. Like, I actually started getting high speed internet in rural Kentucky, and I was able to, you know, easily go out on the internet and, you know start finding these books. I can remember going through the used net when I was like 19 years old and just, yeah, I know used it. I'll explain the, the old archaic ways that we did shit back in the day, but I would download illegally. Sorry guys. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons PDFs or, you know, maybe no, I think I got a bunch of old call Cthulhu stuff from back in the day that I did. Sorry. Chaosium. 
that I would just read, but I never had the opportunity to actually play that stuff. So I don't know. I'm kind of rattling here, but it was just something that's just more or less a new identity for me, I guess you could say. I, I do think like a big thing that has been this development in you know the the, the globalization of the internet. Because mm-hmm. uh, like ease of access is super helpful. Like how many people have read Game of Thrones because they saw Game of Thrones, you know? Yeah. Uh, and like as as it went from everyone having a phone, you know, you know, everyone's maybe dad had a, a you know a a brick of plastic in his cellar that he could maybe type some ASCII code into. Yeah. That and that eventually became like well, most people had one in like a home office. For, for for some stuff, and then it became you know everyone had a computer that they carried around, uh, and, and everyone used computer workplace. So I think as that development came, it became a lot easier for first of all for like smaller groups to come up and then like share stuff, and then for quote unquote normies, in as much as that's a kind of value laden term, um, to like be exposed to something that they wouldn't normally be exposed to. Yeah, like the 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 rise of the internet for for better or worse, has definitely allowed like niche cultures to spread and interconnect with each other. Cause you know, you'll always find like that one person that's into some random little thing and like some podunk town somewhere. And then they can talk to a near infinite amount of people who share the same interest. It's mostly for the worst or for the worst. <laughs> There's a lot of it. That's for the worst. Um, what about Ethan, Aaron, how about you guys? When did you kind of start to f- figuring out that this is this quote unquote uh, image was what you were? Uh, well, I guess I'll go next because Ethan will be right back apparently. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know. In like junior high and high school or whatever, I never really thought much about it. I just liked what I liked. Like I liked comic books and Stephen King novels and video games. I didn't play D and D like actually play until high school because. My brother was super into D&D, and my mom didn't want me to turn out like him at the time. So, <laughs> uh, turns out, uh, severe depression and uh, uh, borderline personality disorder. He's not just, it's not just uh, the D&D made him weird. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Whoa, we just took a dirt road. Pour back on the road, nerd. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um so I don't know. People were like, "Oh, you nerd!" And I was just like, "Yeah, all right, whatever." Uh, I guess it it just wasn't really something I thought about. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I still don't really think of myself as a nerd. I just I like the shit I like, and it happens to be quote unquote nerd shit. Yeah, and that's it's, a, what's uh, up? Uh, no, I was just gonna say that's, that's a that's a a good attitude to take, honestly. Yeah, it's just like this is the stuff I like cool and it's like it's expanded as i got older like you know in college i got super into horror movies uh towards the end of college i got super into wrestling again uh dragged ethan down with me later on um and like you know i i do kind of consider myself a music nerd like that's something i sort of obsess over which i mean i'm sure you guys have noticed before uh it's just i don't know for whatever reason in high school it just became like i was like oh okay this is this is what I like, and when nothing else makes sense, this will. Yeah. Well, that was the first kind of identity I think I ever clung to, was yeah. based on the musical preferences I had. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really start listening to music for myself 
until like high school because before then it was just, oh, this is what my parents are listening to in the yeah, car yeah. or on vacation and shit. And then in high school, I was I, I God, this is going to sound cliche, but I was like, oh, Led Zeppelin, this is cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, and then, like I said, it I found new stuff to get into, and I just, I don't know, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm so nerdy. Like, I just, I like the shit I like. It's, you know, whatevs. Yeah, I say probably a lot of people are like that too, man. It's not like we go through a checklist. Like, I'll be honest with you, I've never watched the first episode of Doctor Who. I don't know anything about it. I know it's a woman now, I think, and I think it made some neckbeards mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't take much to make them angry, honestly. <laughs> yeah. But hmm. what about you, Ethan? And, would, oh, go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry. I thought you were finished. No, you're good. I'm, I mean, I'm mostly done. I was just going to say, like, my parents weren't into anything – you know, super nerdy. Like my dad read mostly Western and like Tom Clancy novels and my mom liked fantasy, but that's never really been my jam for the most part. Yeah. So, you know, Hey, now I'm done. Ethan, you got anything you'd like to share with the class before we move on? Well, um, I think like Patrick was talking about my, you know, quote unquote nerdy uh, interest kind of started young. Cause my dad actually, um, he played uh, King's Quest a lot. Uh, he played most of that series, and he was a big Star Trek fan, and I would always watch it with him. Yeah. So I think that had a lot of influence, and I never really grew up thinking like, like really thinking of myself as a nerd necessarily, as opposed to just like Aaron was saying, you know, this is the stuff I like. But I've always kind of felt like the uh, the point where I have more of a separation from what I would say like, you know, nerd culture at large is more um, like an outward thing where like, I don't wear like a D and D shirt around. Like, I don't own any, you know, I don't own any bumper stickers that have quotes from star Wars on them or anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I've always felt kind of like that was a, somehow a separation where like, yeah, I like star Wars, but I don't like put it on my car. Like these nerds do. <laughs> It's like, yeah. even though I can't, I can't not acknowledge, like, I'm, you know, by most definitions of, of nerd. Yeah. Like I play D and D I play video games. I don't, not really super into comics, but I've seen most of the MCU movies and that kind of stuff. You know, he watches wrestling. Mm-hmm. Also. Yes. Jeez. Oh, I mean, the whole bumper sticker thing is like, I just don't want to put that shit on my car. Like, yeah. I may see, have to sell this thing one day. I don't want this great yeah. shit off. See, well, there's two things I think when I see bumper stickers, and one, it's either fucking nerds or two, fucking white people. Because <laughs> it's always white people. Uh, I well, swear to God, I was I was in Katie once, and I saw I was behind a sticker, or I was behind <laughs> a. Uh, I wasn't behind a sticker. I was behind a car. <laughs> It was well, well, first you're of all, behind you, the sticker as well, but go on. You may want to clarify that Katie is a town. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Katie is a suburb of Houston. Uh, that's where I'm from. Anyway, uh, so A, it was it was a little Fiat, and their bumper sticker was a vanity plate that said, I heart JPN, which first of all, I already wanted to ram my car into the back of theirs. <laughs> and I think they literally had a bumper sticker that said weeb. What is JPN? Wow. Japan. Japan. Oh. Jesus, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. 
I was just hung up and you hated like I got a I got a Cthulhu fish. It looks like the Jesus fish, but it's Cthulhu, and I've just been feeling really self conscious. I haven't heard a goddamn word you said. I'm also white, so like I mean, you're click, you're checking all the boxes. Yeah. Anyone else remember when anime was called Japanimation because someone yeah, thought that was a good I, idea? Oh God, they hated that term. And I mean, I'll wear nerd adjacent T-shirts, but like. I'd prefer it to be something classy and subtle other than like, you know, the super in your face bullshit. Like, yeah. for example, yeah. I you really don't want just two things shit. No, yeah. most, most nerd like t-shirts are not well done and they're very pandering. They're like, you know, the ones of like the NES cartridge. That's mm-hmm. gonna blow me. <laughs> yeah. The, the Walmart. And target yeah. like yeah. nerd shirts. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I'll buy something that's got a comic cover on it if it looks good. Like if it's a well-made shirt, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. Or like, I'm not gonna lie to you, I really want a Camp Crystal Lake counselor T-shirt, but like that could be anything. <laughs> I could be an actual counselor at Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> they don't know what Camp Crystal Lake is, presumably. By that logic, you could actually be Superman too. What the fuck, <laughs> Look. I did not come here to have. I didn't come here to be attacked. <laughs> anyway, this isn't about my personal family. I, oh god, I had something I was gonna say and I totally lost it. Yeah, nerd shirts are, are kind of terrible, like ninety percent of the time. Yeah. Like all garbage. But like, I'm a band shirt dude, so I can't talk too much shit. Yeah. I'll say that like. Nerd, like, because there's a subculture for everything these days, uh, and they tend to be pretty vocal about it. Is that like you get sort of the thing of before you experience the media, you're sort of experiencing the fandom and that colors everything. So, like, oh, god, yeah, like, I can't enjoy Doctor Who because there's so many people of like, I've seen too many being like, ah, bad, you know, bad shirts, and Mm -hmm. and, like, enough, like, ironic, unironic Alonzies, and. Mm, yeah, I think I think probably the first time I really recognized a fandom as being kind of terrible was when Invader Zim came out, Ugh. and I I love that I love that show. I probably still do. It's been a very long time since I watched any of it, but you know, like teenage me seeing all of the hot topic attire and all the girls with their their girls love Gur. All right. It's a fact. If you are, if you have ever shopped in a hot topic and you are a girl, you at some point had some sort of girl merchandise. It's just, it's just a fact. That's that's probably the first time I realized, like, oh hey, these people are kind of terrible because they just won't stop. And like, maybe I should like be careful about how much I say a certain thing. Like, yeah, there's like I remember in college there were. Look, I'm just going to say it. They knew what they were. They were weeps. And there was the people that, the, like, there's the casual anime fan. It's like, yeah, you know, whatever. I like animal anime. That's a thing. And I like animals. <laughs> you know, I like animals, whatever. Uh, not a that's big a, deal. I mean, it depends on the anime fan, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the people, like, the, the look, this is going to sound awful. There's no really not a way around it, but you know I'm right. There's, like, the pasty white ghouls who, like, (laughs) I think I killed one of you, uh, who, like, they wear, like, the beanie that's, like, a panda or some anime bullshit, 
<laughs> and they've got the fingerless gloves on and the giant baggy pants and they Lucky do yeah and they do like the the peace sign unironically or whatever and you just want to like you just want to like shake them and be like you're better than this i'm trying to think i was at katsukon a couple months ago and i'm trying to think if i actually saw any of them or if i had just like i have a filter in my brain for those people now <laughs> Noah just doesn't see them anymore. Yeah, I mean, I've been to a lot of anime conventions, and they might just be filtered out in my head now. You're like uh, the guy from The Matrix. I don't even see the code anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I, I do want to admit, though, I was talking about being a like thinking I was Kurt Cobain and stuff like that. I was watching the shit out of Vampire Hunter D and Akira, so... <laughs> And three by three eyes. We're not talking about the content itself, we are talking about sort of the fandom and like ah, mm-hmm. what it means to be a nerd there. So, you know, we, we can we can watch anime and go like this is a good anime and then yeah. still look at someone who's like way too into it and go, No oh, Yeah. Please I, no. Can I tell you about me being in the anime room? Okay. Well while Noah's thinking about this. So we had like a rewards day one when year when I was teaching. And I and like, so, you know, there's like a couple of class periods because they did testing well and stuff like that. It's like, okay, it's a free period. Now, if you go to this teacher's room, you can play guitar. If you go to this teacher's room, you could do this or watch a movie. And, and then all of a sudden, for me, just out of fucking nowhere, they put anime room. <laughs> like, they didn't, they didn't ask me. They didn't go, hey, could you bring in anime? I don't even have speakers in my room, like, mounted in the ceiling or anything. It would just be like me and 30 kids gathered around there going, yeah, it's a Goku. Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's a Goku. It's a poor boy. God love his heart. I already did the Southern disclaimer, so I'm going to say horrible things about him now. He, I, he was trying to help me, and I, I, I really appreciate this. He brought in a bunch of, like, like, okay, I brought some DVDs for you. Like, all right, man, what do you got? And he's like, he starts laying it out. I'm like, okay, that's a harem. That's a harem. <laughs> that's a harem. That's a maid harem. That's a um, double harem. <laughs> I was like, I, you know what? I, I think we're just going to chill. Like, I don't know. So I was the anime room, and I, I still to this day, I don't know why they just said, fuck it, Thornsburg, let him do it. Dude, <laughs> the, you. The, the, anime room, the anime room is in the worst <laughs> version of Fifty Shades of Grey. It's... <laughs> I it's, oh, it's, it's the anime room. <laughs> All I can think of is that that edit of the scene from uh, Sons of the Lambs, where it's uh, Clarice walking up to Hannibal Lecter's cell, and it's just been photoshopped to have all of the anime oh, posters no, 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 and stuff no, no, no. on the wall. So his wife moves. Yes. <laughs> oh God. Or I ate. What's the what's the weeb version of I ate his. Ate his li- his liver with fava beans and Chianti. Oh, oh, but at the end you say, "Is it Dikimas?" Dikimas. It's a Dikimas. A Dikimas. Hey, it Southern accent. It it, it the gay yeah. city like mispronounced. Yeah. Let's see. Like we've been writing on weaves. I did take an optional module of Japanese at, at high school. Like I was the kid who did that. I'm, we I'm like trying to go to. I'm trying to go to Japan next year. All right, like I, yeah, I've been. <laughs> one of the towns I want to go to is like as a museum to an author, like a manga author that lived there. Like, 
This is gonna be. I did say I did say, like I told you guys I used to teach in South Korea, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I didn't get much in the way of holiday, but because Korea is pretty close to Japan, I did get like a, a few days in Tokyo on a summer break. Nice. And I like, I like did, did you know did walking tour, went to like temples or whatever, like went to a cabra precisely as long as it took for me to feel creeped out, which was about twenty minutes. <laughs> And nice. I was, the, I was like, okay, I'm walking, I'm walking. That's an, that's a public billboard ad for an honor hole, and I'm leaving. <laughs> hold on, like, hold on. Let's stop the train a second. What's an honor hole? No. O n a h o l e, and uh, for context, o n a honor comes from onanism, which means jacking it. Uh, ah. So it, it's a masturbation aid. It's a it's a silicon <laughs> latex thing. You put it's your penis in. It's we call that a flashlight here in the states. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of thought thought honor hole was like some <laughs> stoic horrible <laughs> <laughs> thing. It's, it's it is a hole for onanism. <laughs> I kind of like the idea of an honorable glory hole, but that's not what we're talking about right now. Anyway. <laughs> So, I I mean, any glory hole is kind of a leap of faith. You're, you're hoping so. <laughs> it's true. You know what you want, but you also have to know that this could be a bear trap on the other end. There's, there's a gentleman's agreement. Could, could it? <laughs> so if uh, you would like to donate, can you tell me. Like, I don't know, know but... So, <laughs> Give so us money, think, please. I also <laughs> think uh, Ona Hole is also a pun. Because the Japanese word for woman is ona. Oh, of course, yeah. O n n a. I think there's a, a pun, double entendre, kind of going on there, which is kind of horrifying. Yeah, it's not great. I did have to walk past like three maid cafes before I got to that point. Like, like I said, it was it was not my favorite part of the Japanese trip. <laughs> it's 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 all good, man. I, thank you. Now, I don't know if I can salvage this topic, but let's just try. <laughs> the venerated honor hole. <laughs> you have to commit seppuku after. <laughs> All right. I'm going to find a picture of one and put it in the group me so you know what I'm talking about. Oh, please do. Wait, wait. Oh, God, there's someone more extremely upsetting. Why does it have a lunch there? Just, just post a picture of a tango. <laughs> What happened? The first one was the worst one. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, it gets worse. Oh no. That didn't need to be that realistic. <laughs> oh, that one's prolapsed. Oh god! <laughs> oh god, that was prolapsed. First that we all want to hear. Imagine Richard Attenborough in a narrator voicing that one's prolapsed. Oh God! Just gonna close that tab out. There Quick, scram the chat so we don't have to see it anymore. <laughs> I had to see it, so you had to see it. It's, it's all good. It's like the king in yellow. No one, no one gets out uninfected. So, with everything we have been talking about nerd culture, I do think another big reason, and this is probably our closing point on this particular discussion, is. I like how it's not only is it more more accessible, like I mean through you know internet streaming and such like that, but it's more accommodating to like in the past it was just typically white man, white man, white man, white man, and I remember when the Force Unleashed was 
released and I saw my, like, there was a, you know, African-American students that were coming to school to actually to watch because we took our school over as a reward to watch um, Star Wars. Like they were come dressed up as Finn and stuff like that. And I thought that was so cool. And then, you know, you have uh, female roles taking the top priority. Uh, I wouldn't say top priority, but, you know, women are treated in nerd culture, at least in our cinemas and movies and stuff like that, is more than a prize or an object to win. I mean, we got a female Jedi. We've got... Uh, uh, the characters are, the fans are way not. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That's that's definitely the dark side of it. Fuck. Oh, that's a that's yeah, a like, whole other. Oh, Gioa is technically like a fantasy series. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And that's a whole other like point of discussion. But nerd culture does kind of have a long, long history of being pretty sexist. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, like totally. Like the fighting game scene. Like you just you just want to see people be shitty. Like. That's a weird scene, man. Even like characters in fighting games, depending on what yeah. series you're looking at, like all of them. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Dead or Alive is definitely one. Uh, Street Fighter. You mean the game with the jiggle slider? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Street Fighter is actually not awful about that. Like, Cammy's a little weird, but I mean, you could just write it off as a one-piece bathing suit, I guess. But like, you know, there's a lot of creepy creepy fighting game characters and it's not even just the characters it's also like the community surrounding fighting games is oh yeah no particularly awful yeah. no yeah totally games in general really yeah yeah <laughs> uh yeah there's this whole thing you may have heard about a few years ago called gamergate uh, that's know. not let's yeah. there's, there's a thing on twitter right now trying to get started D gate and it's this one guy who's super salty about not getting hired by Wizards of the Coast, except he's like got 800 followers, and then everyone else has just taken the Twitter hashtag and used it to talk about dungeon entrances at D&D Gate. <laughs> uh, like Chris Perkins <laughs> and Matt Mercer are doing like that takedown of it. So, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta love the start to Tomb of Horrors where you touch the thing and are immediately obliterated. Yeah. <laughs> and just like a lot of a lot of uh, video, like not, it's not just fighting games. It's just a lot of video game fans, and it's not even just sexism. It's a lot. There's a lot of sexism, but a lot of video game fans, just in general, can be real shitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, see the Dark Souls community. I love Dark Souls. I do not talk to people about Dark Souls unless I know they're cool. If that makes I'm sense. Getting better at it. <laughs> you know, You're that's good advice. <laughs> Like, like I said, I'll talk to friends about Dark Souls that I, I know have played it. I will not talk to randos about it because it's either bitch, 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 or oh, get good, get good. And I mean, you know, I'm guilty of saying get good, but I say that about a lot of things, not just Dark Souls. Well, well, Aaron, have you considered getting good at talking to people? <laughs> Shit, you're right. God damn it. <laughs> logic. Gotcha. Have you have you considered not being bad? <laughs> and you know, I, I'm afraid. Well, I know my daughters are going to encounter a bunch of bullshit as they keep growing up, uh, growing up and out in this world and stuff. My daughter is already even in kindergarten. She would come home and say, "Girls are stupid" and stuff like that because she heard some boys say it, and you know things like that bother me. And <laughs> despite the fact that I know that if my daughters follow my interests into these fields, that they're going to. 
they're going to see some very toxic elements of the culture, and that, that does disturb me. I am thankful that there are so many great examples of media and film and definitely in the role-playing game scene that are positive and that they show women as being valued and they show, for example, I love the fact that my daughter can watch Star Wars and see a kick-ass female. That's just not a prize at the end of the level. Yeah, like it's despite the fandom's efforts, it is getting better from the like production side, it seems. And how cynical I may want to feel about some of that, just because I'm sure that a lot of these bigger companies are just saying, hey, why are we cutting out 50% of our... Yeah, you know, like like there's, there's an argument for like representation for, you know, accuracy in our net and representation because diversity in voices are good artistically. And then there's like straight up capitalism, like Black Panther just printed money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means that we're gonna like, we're now gonna see like a boardroom of people going like, okay, Black Panther printed money. Well, that means if we get like another handsome black male lead and some strong female characters, we can print money again. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and I mean, it, the, the, the reasoning there is not great, but if that kind of helps, more representation kind of happen that's kind of a good thing Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's i'm i'm sure it's pos it's partly cynical reasons and partly because kevin fague fague feige i don't know how you pronounce his name actually likes the character but apparently uh captain marvel will be the face of the mcu instead of iron man uh moving into phase four which is a cool move i mean like i said I'm, i'm sure it's half naked cynical capitalism and half well, Iron Man's kind of come to the end of his his arc. Like he, Robert Downey Jr. has been Iron Man for like ten years at this point. Yeah, yeah. literally um, a decade. Yeah, and so they've like kind of done all they can with the character. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I said. I think it's cool. They could have chosen like you know Spider Man or Doctor Strange, but instead they went, "Let's go with the female character," which is you know it's progress. Yeah, definitely. And, is hoping they do that with Wonder Woman because that was the good DC movie. Oh god, yeah. yeah, that was great. Uh, I mean, I, I like I the like part where she punched the Soma in the face. I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet. It's very good. Oh, I, yeah. I liked Batman versus Superman. Like, I admit it's, it's a <laughs> it's a it's a flawed movie, but yeah, I I, I enjoyed it. Whatever, it's it's, it's, it's Snyder. It's like the the narrative was blah, but it looked good. Now, Aaron, have you considered yes. getting good at liking movies? <laughs> <laughs> Noah, I'm going to trap you in a mayonnaise jar with no air holes in the lid. <laughs> well, at least try to put a, a, a branch or a twig, you know, something he's used I've, to in there. Please just make sure there's no mayonnaise in it. That'd be... <laughs> no, no. Uh, no, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but uh, there was a pay-per-view once where the Dudley boys tried to drown Paul Bearer in cement. I'm going to do that to you, but in a mayonnaise jar full of mayonnaise. Oh, God, that's so, gr- oh, God, it's so gross. My hair will look like super nice, but it's going to be really <laughs> gross. <laughs> I'm going to die, but I'm going to look fly as hell while I do it. You know, yeah, that's exactly. how the old people get rid of head loss, right, Noah? <laughs> really? I, yeah, no shit. Like, like, that's the cure. That's the folk cure here. Like, you basically lather your hair in mayonnaise People and then take tin full or something like that, or a hair cap or something like that, and you just leave mayonnaise in your hair for like twelve hours. I bet that smells. Oh, 
if you've had bugs crawling around your head from hair glass, I say you wouldn't give a fuck about it. But it, oh, it's suffocates. Up. It's, it works. It suffocates them out. Like that they're immune to. Like I'm gonna quit talking about hair glass. Oil See, and I eggs have, and. I had lice once, and we just used the shampoo, and they went away. It don't work anymore. Huh. Now keep in mind, I was also in like fifth grade and I got it from my cousin. I am not a, a dirty individual. Did, did I say it don't work no more? You fucking yes. did. Yeah, I did. It did not work anymore. Sorry, I, so. I went country. Uh, i tell you, let's, let's end on this here. We'll get back on topic here. You know, I see nothing better than this conversation about nerddom and talking about it, E3 briefly. And I tell you, one of the things that really stuck out to me, and I'm not just going to talk about my favorite game that I saw and stuff like that. I was blown away by The Last of Us 2, which it's kind of, you know, an odd title since it's a sequel. But the um, open, which is cool, but the open depiction of a homosexual relationship. And you also have her as a kick ass. If you all have not seen the trailer, it's brutal. It's it's beautifully cinematic. I mean, it, it starts out with they're at a hoedown, and for some reason, everybody in the post-apocalypse speaks with a slightly southern accent when they go to yeah, a hoedown. <laughs> she's dance. She's dancing. It's almost like a scene from Red Market. Did you notice that too? It's like yeah, she, she, I can see it. She's dancing with her bond, and in, <laughs> in the back of her head, she's like, "Yeah, I stabbed this person in the neck with a screwdriver." I know that's what I always think about. When I kiss somebody, it's that murder murdered a dozen people. No, we've been meaning to talk to you about that. Uh, <laughs> hey, you feel be in my house. You feeling the urge again? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I sorry, I don't know what you guys. Sorry, I phased out for saying there. I was just I was imagining beating a guy's head in with a rifle, but <laughs> <laughs> I have the weirdest boner right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that is so cool. From like. I cannot remember the first game. Well, the first game that I can remember actually having a, a, and it was a very lipstick, like, rule sale, two hot girls making out with each other kind of approach Fear to Fear Factor. Yeah, that was the yep. first one. And then I guess from that point on, either Dragon Age or Mass Effect seemed to be the first ones that actually, like, you know what? You don't have to go for a member of the opposite sex or species for that matter. Uh, I have kind of a hot take about The Last of Us 2. Anybody else want to jump in or we can jump straight to that? That's cool. And when, uh, I was going to say, when um, Dragon Age 2 had, uh, was it Anders, like hit on you, a yeah. lot of nerds were like not okay with that. Oh, yeah. They... <laughs> Here, oh, yeah. Oh. Here's the thing. I have kind of a, a hot take about The Last of Us 2. It's not about the, the same sex relationship. That's cool. You know, whatever. I'm part of the community. It's I'm down. I don't think that game needs to exist is the thing yeah. uh, because the first one wrapped up just fine. If you're going to yeah, do it, was pretty perfect. If, if you're going to do a second one, like do new characters and a new plot, maybe don't revisit Ellie, which I like Ellie. I like Joel, but like, you know, and well, the, uh, the nerd, the nerd average out of E3 2018 that gets me is the people not happy about the possibility of same-sex relationships in ancient Greece for a yeah. uh, Odyssey. Motherfucker, do you not know what Athens is? They're have lucky. Of, have you heard of Greece? Have you heard of ancient Greece? Have you heard of Sparta? Any ancient history? They're lucky. It's just, 
it's they're lucky. It's just homosexual relationships. Have you heard of the, Isles of of the Isle of Lesbos? Have you heard of Sappho? <laughs> like Which was Greek so gay that like, words for lady gays come from just like a, a Greek lady who was so lesbian that we were like, yep, that's the word for it. <laughs> yeah, like. It, like it could, there are much worse relationships they could have in that game. Now they won't because you know adults no, only rating. But I mean, it's a thing that happened. It could have been, you know, yeah, it's, saw, it's saw, historically accurate. I saw the Twitter post like, no, they were believing in God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Many of them. <laughs> yeah, believing in more gods than you, mate. Uh, <laughs> like. I don't know. I'm I'm super down for FromSoft's new game. That looks super cool. Oh, um, Sekiro: Shadows yeah. Die Twice. I, yeah. I can never remember the first name, but I always remember Shadows Die Twice. And yes, that game looks super cool. Yeah, Ninja. it looks like it's going to be quite a breakaway from some of the um, from what they said about it. It's going to be because like um, Bloodborne and Souls games are kind of built around this loop, right? You're going from checkpoint to checkpoint and kind mm-hmm. of grinding that that cycle, that loop. Apparently, Sekiro is going to be a lot more open world and like you can take whatever path kind of thing because you know you're more you're more mobile and you're more sneaky. Yeah. So it it sounds like it's going to be quite a departure. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with it. It it definitely looks like they're keeping a lot of like the gameplay loop from from like the souls uh, the soulsborn sort of like genre um they're but they're moving away it in, with well they're, they're not doing like multiplayer um and they're moving it into like a more like like patrick was saying a more open a little bit yeah. more open worldy yeah. more direct narrative than yeah. Yeah. than the the other like souls games but like there's some animations in there that are just straight up like Dark Souls three door opening animations and stuff like that. So yeah, Noah, mm-hmm. are you as stoked about Neo two as I am? I'm pretty excited for it. Like I like I I didn't really play the first one other than like the initial like demo, but like I know that game is like really good. It's super fun. It's also harder than Dark Souls. Yeah, but like yeah, it's got a. It only because it's like a lot faster because it's like mm-hmm. Ninja Gaiden meets. Ninja. Yeah, well, because it's 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 Team Ninja that made it. So like, yeah. once it they is... uh, once they got rid of uh, Itagaki, old oatmeal face, and actually started making <laughs> games. <laughs> it it's so good. Like I'm, I think probably in the final quarter of the game. The only the only like real complaint I have is that. And it's kind of the plan I have about the Dark Souls series too. Is that it gets really hard to grind levels uh, the higher up you get, just because you know enemies are uh, mm-hmm. like they don't drop as many, and yeah, it's not level gated per se. Like you can do a mission no matter what level you are, but if it's super high above you, you're gonna get your shit pushed in. Yeah. <laughs> As Ethan would say, uh, <laughs> quite the wordsmith that Ethan is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, Spider Man. Boy, I want that game. Mm-hmm. Spider Man. If, if they can get an ability system right, because I played a lot of Spider Man Two on PS Two. Yeah. System. I, I I watched a recent playthrough of that, and boy, that game like there's some really good stuff in it, like the swinging and stuff, but. Man, I oh, that game does not, that, oh, yeah, that does of, not really hold up. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the combat was pretty janky and like Yeah. It's honestly, thinking back on it, that game's a lot like a tech demo. Mm-hmm. 
just because well, like the go you ahead. know the story behind that game right i don't think i do so apparently like one activision employee like basically snuck in overnight to rework the swinging mechanic and then like once people saw it they were like oh hey this is a so much better let's just go with this hmm interesting because i remember like i had the issue of game informer that had spider-man 2 on the cover and i remember like the screenshots they were showing looked so much better like it wasn't concept art like it was actual screenshots and they looked so much better than what ended up coming out yeah it's probably some some bull shots you know yeah touched up and making it look a lot more interesting um I do remember the combat in those first two Spider-Man games, though, being really satisfying. Yeah, the first. Fact, movie, I almost wonder if they, or if the like Arkham games don't owe a little bit more to those than maybe anyone really gives them credit for. I, yeah. I, they probably like kind of refined that combat into kind of what we think of as the Arkham style. But yeah, no, I think here. But it was, a, I mean, that was like years and years before Arkham came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, really, I, think they're, I think they were a little ahead of their time. I really, I remember really enjoying the first Spider-Man movie game. Like the first couple of levels or so weren't great. But like once you, you actually like got past the. Uncle Ben. Yeah. Peter Parker in a sweatsuit beating people up. Like I remember that game being <laughs> at least kind of satisfying. Once, once you beat Macho Man. Yeah. <laughs> I remember though there was there was a code where you could play as Mary Jane, <laughs> and they they yeah, edited they, they I remember they like in later copies of the game because there's you know there's the scene where you rescue her from the parade, and, and <laughs> Spider Man and Mary Jane kiss. Uh, so you basically could get a, a same sex kiss in the game. And people freaked out about that. So in later copies, I think it was Treyarch. I think, uh, yeah, I think they actually made the the Spider-Man one and two games. Yeah, they they did. They they did like they they did in later copies. They added like I think if you were playing as MJ, you rescued Peter in that scene. Mm. <laughs> There's a lot of That's weird codes I, in that game. Ironically progressive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't do, show two women kiss and let's have her save him. Brilliant. <laughs> I guess if you're gonna, I don't know. And that's where we got Spider Gwen from. Look how nice and full that circle is. <laughs> so, uh, what else from E3? I mean, obviously there's Cyberpunk. Hey, I was gonna say Cyberpunk. Like, man, anything CD Projekt Red does at this point, I am there for. It's first person too. Oh my. It could be first person. You can customize all sorts of stuff. Uh, apparently, you're actually gonna have like you can have like companion characters for like missions and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm. I'm interested in it a lot because it sounds different from The Witcher 3. Like, mm-hmm. like if they just did The Witcher 3 with, like, sci-fi, I'd be like, Game of the Year 2019! But Everyone mm-hmm. fucks a robot, it's great! <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they don't have... But that the fact that they're doing something that's, like, way different is even better. But that's, I mean, that's CD Projekt, right? Um, did you see the, the edited trailer where it's Siri talking about being in the <laughs> cyberpunk world. Oh, oh I did not. Oh, uh, there is apparently a scene in The Witcher 3 where like Siri is talking to Geralt and she's talking about like she was in this other dimension where like, you know, there's these towers of glass and these people with metal in their heads and they rode on like 
flying carriages and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. that Siri. I thought you meant iPhone Siri. <laughs> no, no, no. What? What? <laughs> uh, I look. I forgot. There's a character in The Witcher Three named Siri. Okay, yeah. the C, isn't it? Yes, yep. yes, it is. Uh, but yeah, no. She talks about being basically being in the cyberpunk world. So there's a bunch of people saying like, "Is she gonna be like an Easter egg character you can find in the game or not, or or whatever?" So that's super. That cool. would be awesome. We should try and track down some cyberpunk books and try playing cyberpunk. Uh, yeah. I could probably find something. I know so, I can get some. I know I can get some of like 2020 and stuff. So Nova sounds so enthused about. I mean, are we are we into like are you interested in it as 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 a setting or as a game? Because we might want to. Because Cyberpunk was it 20? It's about 2020. Like, well, for so it, was, it came out when when 2020 seemed like the distant future. Yeah. So yeah. I imagine the design aesthetic hasn't aged super great. That's fair. I was just curious yeah. to see what it was um, like. I want to say it's a pool system. Guys, 2020 is two years from now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, ironically, probably when we'll get Cyberpunk. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I'm interested cool. to see, because uh, Artel Sori and the people that made Cyberpunk and, like, Vecton and all that stuff, uh, they are making the Witcher RPG, like, tabletop RPG. And I'm curious if they're going to actually update Cyberpunk after they get that out. Like, so, oh, sorry, no, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's just because I know like Mike Pondsmith um, is working like pretty closely with CD Projekt Red on like the game. Like, yeah. uh, I actually overheard him at Gen Con talking to Dennis Tetweiler and Shane Ivy about how like they've been flying him like out to Poland and stuff to like oversee some stuff, like the double check wow. on things and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. And the, one, thing, one thing I've heard is that part of the reason why project red games are so good is because they have like the highest population of like computer science PhDs of any, any studio, but because Poland, they don't pay them very well. There's yeah, there's some both like not great stuff, like on the Poland side and some not great stuff in like the video game creating culture. That yeah. goes on with Project CD Project yeah. Red. Like yeah. there, there's a lot of like base. What is effectively, effectively mounts up to like temp work. So like yeah. they'll hire a bunch of people. They'll work on the project, and then as soon as it's done, they'll just get rid of them all. Quick question: Do you guys know how the uh, original Witcher novels end? Doesn't <laughs> he like he goes to like oh, space or like another dimension or something like that? Uh, well, I only know uh, this by the way. Dumber. Because a friend of Ethan and, my, and mine told us while we were playing games one night, it's Camelot. Ger- Geralt goes to Camelot somehow. I don't remember how he no, gets no. there. No, no, not Geralt. Siri goes to Camelot. That's right. And it's it like swept off her feet by like Galahad or something. Yeah. The series, like, apparently, I've never read them, but apparently pretty heavily implies that she's gay. Hmm. See, I don't remember that part, but. Oh, uh, yeah, I hear some weird stuff about the Witcher novels. So the only one I've ever read was just a, a collection of short stories. I've got it somewhere. I don't know uh, what the fuck it is. Well, they they like they just recently have been actually coming out in the states. I know there was one. I think the one that you have, Adam, was was around for a little while, but they're they've only just recently been like translated and and brought over. Okay, I was just gonna say. So Cyberpunk, obviously. Fallout 76 looks dumb as hell, but I'm into it. Oh, God. 
I'll fucking buy it. Like, I, I'm not even going to lie. I'm about to fall out. I, I, I probably will too. And then I'll just, I'll just look for Mothman and I'll be happy. <laughs> That's all I want. I just want to find Mothman. Um, I know, I know Ethan and I will probably get it and play with our group, like the group of people we play video games with. We're going to, one of us is going to nuke the others. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just a matter of time. And yeah, then it's, right. we're going to be real angry, and then we're all going to laugh about it. But there's going to be some simmering tension. Also, <laughs> I'm with you, Noah. Resident Evil 2 Remake looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even where you can shoot the entire flesh off a zombie's head. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I'm actually... the pained skull. What? I've never I... played the, the original. I, I, beat, I beat all of them up till the second to last one. Six. Yeah, six. I, I, I played two on, I think, the PC. The PC version had, like, a bonus extra disc, which basically meant you could just start with, like, an infinite ammo machine gun or something. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I had a lot of bonus content and, and no barrier to do anything with it. You're just like, oh, okay. If it gets hard, I'll just use the machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I lost I lost my shit in, during the trailer when they showed Ada. I was just like, oh, because for whatever reason, I didn't think she was going to be in the trailer, and then they showed her, and I actually did my best Leon Kennedy impression. Did they show Ada? Yeah. Yeah, they show her right at the end. Yeah, I was literally just like, Ada? It's not not great. Um, And they've confirmed that uh, Hunk and Tofu are going to be in it, so I'm real excited for that. Nice. There is no zapping, which is interesting. Yeah, it's basically going to be, I think... It, they're both going to have their own like core campaigns and there'll be like some overlap and stuff like that, but there's not going to be the zapping system. So it'll be, I think Leon a Claire B. Yeah. I do kind of hope they keep the thing though, where like, you know, where you hit a certain point in the game, I think it's when you're playing as Claire, where you can choose to either uh, take the extra storage or take the submachine gun. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of hope they keep that sort of stuff in. Yeah. Uh, it looks it looks like super pretty, so I'm it really does. excited for that. And it plays like Resident Evil 4, right? Yeah. yeah, it's gonna have more of that kind of gameplay style, but it's still gonna be pretty slow. They said that they're not gonna like make it an action y kind of game. They're keeping the sort of slow atmospheric uh attitude toward it. I'm, so I'm down with that. The, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I was gonna ask if you guys knew that originally Resident Evil two was gonna take place entirely in the police station. I mean, that makes sense. It almost it almost already does. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing as Leon, if you're playing as Claire, you get a little bit more of Raccoon City, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, we danced around it, Noah. Why don't you... I know you mean you've spoken about this game in the past, and we're, God, we, we so never thought it would come to America. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Because, all right. So, Devolver Digital is bringing over uh, an HD port of, of From Software's finest title, Metal Wolf Chaos, which is a 2004 Xbox-only, Japan-only mech game where you play as Michael Wilson, President of the United States, <laughs> who is trying to retake the country after his evil vice president stages a coup it's one of the good old days before gaming was so political i know right (laughs) um i would highly recommend everybody go watch the devolver digital like e3 presser because it's it's fucking hilarious first of all but 
they they make the comment that like the 2004 title that from software created that unbeknownst to them would set the stage for the current political landscape i'm like Oh god, you're so right. Lord Jesus. <laughs> what about the website? Oh yeah, the the website Mech America Great Again. Oh god damn it. You know, perf to be perfectly honest, I kind of thought that maybe FromSoft was gonna go, fuck it, Armored Core is back. Armored Core kind of is back? Kind of. Apparently, so there's the new Switch game coming out, Damon X Machina, and like one of the lead, I can't remember, I think it's the lead des- gameplay designer was the lead designer on Armored Core. Hmm. So it's basically not Armored Core on the Switch. There are far too many Armored Core games. There's a lot of them. It was like their bread and butter for a long time. So, yeah. Yeah. But I'm so excited for uh, Metal Wolf Chaos. Like, <laughs> I still kept the original like dialogue audio track, so it is super cheesy American as hell English dialogue. <laughs> Richard, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> um, yeah, just go watch like cutscenes of that game. It doesn't matter the context; just go watch them. Especially like the opening one where you burst out of the Oval Office in a in your mech suit and have to get on. Uh, I think I think you have to get on Air Force One as it's flying away from a secret. Um, where, does the, where does Air Force One fly out of? It flies out of the reflecting pool in front of the uh, <laughs> the Washington Monument. Well, of course, that just makes sense. Yeah, like what there's a place? secret. There's a secret one ray, runway underneath it. Also, I don't know if like. Japan knew the scale of all of that stuff. Oh, Japan is so bad at scales. If you look at like character bios for tons of things, they, like there was a Japanese-made Batman game which put it was like six foot two and one hundred and twenty pounds. God oh, damn! Wow, he's worse than I was in high school. But it's like it's like um, animated series Batman, so he's like a square with tiny little legs coming out of it and just like ridiculous shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no way that much beef fits into 120 pounds. Yeah, it's all it's all helium. I think we got an episode. I think we got an episode title there, Patrick. Well, there's no way that much beef fits into 120 pounds. I don't know. I kind of really like a gentleman's agreement. <laughs> glory hole colon a gentleman's agreement. <laughs> Nerds, oh, glory holes, oh, Batman. Lord. There's your title. All right, so I think we've uh, said more than enough. So we uh, uh, had some laughs. We learned a few things. We yeah. <laughs> the real scant on the real glory hole was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> so so if if you've enjoyed this, then please we urge you to back the Roleplay Exchange Patreon. Uh, each month we will be delivering a episode that I fucking forgot what we call this. And each month we will. All right, hold on. Each month we will be. Fuck you! Man. God keep, damn it! It's all needs to stay in. Dude, I'm four beers in, man. Like I gotta keep this going. All right. Um. Yeah. So what the fuck was I saying? No one you have a better. Oh yeah. So every month we're gonna be. Providing you just top quality content of Beyond the Wall of Patrons. So please give us money. I don't know. <laughs> you won't regret it. <laughs> or you maybe might. You will. <laughs> yeah. 
It'll end in tears. They won't regret it because we already regret it. (laughs) 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 We didn't think this through.